How's it going, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of the Arm Scholar Podcast. So thank you guys so much, everybody who's been listening to the podcast. This is probably going to be the first video one that you guys are seeing. It's going to be a little bit of an experiment. So bear with us as we kind of do this and work through some of the kinks. But this is going to be podcast number 10. Um, with the relaunch, we finally actually hit 10 podcasts. And that's kind of the golden number as far as podcast. They say like, if you can survive through 10 podcasts, maybe you actually have something. So I thought no one better to have for the 10th podcast and kind of the first video one than my good friend, Jared from Guns and Gadgets. So, you know, I know Thanks, a lot of you probably know Jared, um, but thought it'd be really cool to have him on here and just have a conversation with him. So thanks, Jared. Thanks, bud. I appreciate it. I'm honored and uh, keep killing it, man. You're you're doing big things and I'm, I'm glad to uh, to see you kick kick booty in our industry. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, the kick the kick booty so we don't hit that <laughs> that automatic <laughs> YouTube censorship. No, I mean, it's it's funny. I know a lot of people, I'm sure you see it a lot on your channel also, you know, people are always commenting like, hey, you should really check out this other guy. He does similar stuff to you. You know, he talks a lot about statutes and laws and stuff. You should really get together with him. You know, I don't know if you've heard of him. His name's Jared from Guns and Gadgets. <laughs> Little do they know, like we've known each other for quite a while now, like many, many years now, which has been, which has been awesome. Been a huge blessing to me. So yeah, man, same here. I, I constantly still get those, those comments all the time, which is cool because, you know, as, as a fellow content creator, I'm sure you wish every one of our subscribers watched every one of our videos and in human nature, it's not possible. Yeah. Uh, but I, I like to see those ones like, hey, man, have you have you ever heard of Anthony, the, you know, the Arm Scholar? And I say, yeah, actually, we're really pretty good friends and we're together most of the time at most industry events. So it's pretty yeah. cool to see uh, or, or maybe even new viewers coming over to like cross pollination on our channels. Pretty yeah. Cool. Yeah. And that's kind of the goal also with the podcast is to have longer form discussions, bring on people that, you know, who are friends and just have these really cool conversations that sometimes we don't really get to have because we're trying to get stuff in and eight, 10 minute segments, you know, sometimes we do longer form stuff here and there, but it's a little bit more targeted. So, um, I really don't have a goal with this specific podcast. You know, I, I thought it'd be cool just to have a conversation with you and, um, bring the audience, maybe people who aren't aware of you, bring them to you as well. So I guess the first question for those who aren't aware, like, who are you, what do you do? Maybe what's your background? And then we can maybe get a little bit into like how you started this whole craziness that is youtube sure man uh well my name is jared uh i uh currently live in massachusetts although i bought a home in tennessee and in the in the process of moving um what do i do is i do guns and gadgets it's uh the second amendment news channel on on youtube it's it's been uh 2014 is when i started it so it's uh, early 2014 so i'm coming up on 10 years of of YouTube. Never thought I'd ever hear that. And uh, crazy. You know, like, like yourself, man, I try to stay at the forefront of what's going on so we can keep our audiences informed. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy to think you've been doing it for 10 years. So, and that was one of the interesting things. Like, I know we talk about this a lot, like together when we first started, or at least when I started, there was really not a whole lot of other two-way news people. Really like the people I watched were you, you know, Will from Copper Jacket TV, Colleon Noir. And, and that was really it. There wasn't a whole lot of two-way news legal stuff on youtube firearms specific there was a lot of gear review stuff um but definitely like you were a huge inspiration to me for wanting to start and um i guess you know I, I think i've said this before on a podcast but you were one of the first people in the industry i ever met um 
I actually have a question for you. When yeah, was the sure. first time you became aware of me and my channel? Whew. Um, well, we first met at the Gundies a couple of years ago yeah. and I knew who you were. I, I was watching your channel and I subscribed by then. Um, so I would say it's gotta be close to three years ago now that I started yeah. watching you. Um, like you said, there weren't a lot of us doing it. When I started my channel, I was the first one to only do two A news. You know, I didn't do any major shooting stuff or review stuff. Uh, and then when you came along, cause if, if you remember back then I, I was trying to cover California as well yeah. as the rest of the country. And then you hopped on and you were California centric in the beginning. Most of your stuff was California. And that was awesome. Cause I was trying to do 50 different things at yeah. once and, and you breaking stuff down allowed me to see what was going on. And then I could focus my efforts on certain things in California instead of trying to follow every bill they dropped. So that's how I first found your channel. Uh, and uh, you were a great resource. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of crazy to go back and think, because I started my channel in 2019 and I obviously knew who you were. I, I feel like the first interaction I ever had with you was, I think you, uh, commented on one video i don't even know what it was i'm sure it's out there like i'm i think i screen screen grabbed like your comment and like fangirled like on my instagram or something <laughs> i think that was the first interaction i ever had with you because i was like oh i've made it jared's <laughs> commented on my video uh and because i knew who you were before we went to the gundies and i remember so kind of inside baseball stuff when we the first time i went to gundies i was like top four for uh uh most influential male or something like that should not have been there at all. Uh, but I remember pulling up with my wife in our rental car in that really horrible <laughs> hotel, the days in and Uvalde oh. rundown. And then in the parking lot, I remember seeing you and Chris from honest outlaw. And I like sat in my car and I was like, babe, do you know who that is? She's like, no, I not really watch anybody. And I was like, that's Jared. That's Jared from guns and gadgets. And she's like, Oh, okay. You can get out of the car. <laughs> like, no, give me give me a second <laughs> give me a second uh because i think we had already had a little bit of interaction before that but it was like the first time meeting you and i totally like had that fangirl butterfly weird moment but yeah well thanks dude it's humbling <laughs> it's an honor yeah. but <laughs> i'm then, just a regular dude man <laughs> yeah i know and yeah and that's like you get to know everybody and almost every gun youtuber every person you really meet most of the time they're awesome people um you know we're just people trying to do the best we can um on youtube and some a lot of us just kind of fell into doing this there's not a whole lot of rhyme or reason um but yeah and since then i think we've known every, we've known each other since then we talk pretty much every day now right yeah um cool. yeah and although you're on that day. you're on that west coast time at four yeah. hours i'm on that hours. real i'm on that real coast time the real <laughs> <laughs> the real hour time <laughs> yeah you texted but, uh, me like two thirty last night, you clown. What? what? <laughs> you texted me like two thirty a.m. This time. I know I do that all the time, and I forget <laughs> that like, oh, it's eleven o'clock here, but it's super late there. <laughs> I do that every time. Um, no, but I guess I'm curious. I don't know if I've actually asked you this. Like, how did you start your channel? Like, what was the reason? What was like the thought process? Like, like you said, you were kind of the first one to do the two way news stuff, and you've been doing YouTube for ten years. So, kind of what prompted you to want to do it? You know, it's kind of odd. Like you said, I, I stumbled into it. So I actually started the the channel itself over 10 years ago. And the 2A stuff has been about 10 years now. Um, when I started Guns and Gadgets uh, at the time, uh, everything on YouTube was like either a cat video or a holster review. Um, and I was a firearms instructor, 
still in law enforcement and I was out of work with a, a blown shoulder. I had just had surgery on my shoulder. So I, I was watching a couple of videos and my oldest son, who's now almost 23 at the time, he, he's like, you can do that. Why don't you do that? And I said, yeah, you know, I can do a, if this guy can do a holster review, I can too. I mean, it's my life. So he called me out and he just, we're in the basement of my, my house. The video's still up. Uh, it's a alien. Re, I think it's an alien gear review. The, we were in the basement. I had no concept of background or lighting. We were in a basement, dark and dank and cobwebs in the background. And he held up an iPhone and that was it. Uh, so that was with the, the original star of the channel. I wanted to do gun reviews and, and gear and gadget reviews. But then, you know, I had a family. I wasn't making a lot of money. And it's very expensive to just procure guns and do reviews on them. So every now and then, uh, it was right around, uh, when did I make the big switch? I forgot what, what the big uh, legal thing that happened in the country. But I started to cover, cover a couple lawsuits in, in and around Massachusetts every now and then. And then I covered like the the laws behind getting a license to carry in Massachusetts. And I, I noticed very early on before YouTube was big on analytics that those types of videos always pop. They always did better than if I'm doing a review on a holster or, you know, back then you could show people how to install a laser max guide rod. Yeah. Um, so I started to do more and to do more. And uh, it just kind of formed what it, what it is now. I, I've been through three different police academies in three different states and uh, like old English is like a second language for me. So I like to read old English and like yourself, if you can read it, you can translate it into yeah. common layman terms for people who get lost in that type of type of stuff. You can get a lot of information uh, across to people that they might not have been able to get on their own. So that's where it started. And uh, now it's just, uh, it's just nonstop, man. Yeah. So now you, you pretty much do this. You're, you're retired now, correct? Yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, just destroyed my back on the job. So they medically retired me, uh, after a surgery and multiple attempts at rehab. Uh, so now I am a full-time YouTuber. Yeah. <laughs> How does that, that make you feel? Do you ever think that? <laughs> no, man. It's we, if you told me 20 years ago, 25 years ago that while I was working midnights, you know, and that I could be sitting in a spare room in my house talking to a, a camera, you know, and, and doing research and bills and, and lawsuits and talking to attorneys and stuff. I thought you, I would have called you crazy. Yeah, it's it's definitely a weird world. Like, and I mean, it's funny. I I feel like everybody I've talked to, we have all have a similar story. Like, mine was the same thing. Like, you know, I was there were people like you who had paved the way, like on YouTube. So it was it was in my at least I had a little bit of leg up because of people like you, like Coleon, and you know everybody I've got to meet now. Um, but similar situation had always thought about like, hey, I can I think I can do this too. And mine was just during that time period when i think the uh ammunition restriction in california had just hit and we had just come off of like the duncan freedom week right and there were just like so many questions going around just even in my personal life like and as i was practicing like people would ask me because they knew i was kind of like a gun guy i was like oh I'll, i think i could maybe do this and my wife was gone like two or three weeks at a time because she was traveling with this dental company at the time so i was like and I watched Jonathan from Tactical Toolbox. He did a video series of like how to be a gun YouTuber. Yeah, I remember walked, that. Yeah, and he walked through it like really, like really well. Like, you know, Jonathan's awesome. Yeah. Um, and his stuff is always super high quality, but he like walked through like the back end stuff, the analytics side, all the really nerdy stuff that like I wanted to know. Cause you know, I'm a nerd. I want to know all like the nitty gritty, the analytics side stuff. And once he did put that, I was like, okay, I can do it. And then my wife is in Idaho. I remember texting her being like, Hey, where's that camera that we have? And she's like, I don't know. It's somewhere. Why do you want the camera? I was like, Oh, no reason. Just, you know, the, didn't tell her for a long time. 
Just going to um, be famous. That's all. <laughs> yeah. It, actually, in my mind, I was like, I would be happy if like two people watch this. Like if I could help two people um, kind of navigate the craziness that's going on. Um, and just, it's crazy how it becomes. But yeah, same video, same video style. Like I was in my kitchen. It's horrible, horrible. Like in my kitchen, internal audio from the camera, <laughs> the reverb. You can hear the, the fridge running. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, We've come a long way, man. <laughs> yeah. It's been a road for sure. And like, like similar to you, like never would have thought it would, it would happen like this. It's, and it's awesome to get to make friends like you and a lot of other people, like-minded people, especially like me being in California. Like, it's <laughs> yeah, not, you're one of those guys. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of like, even you go to certain gun stores and there's still like a weird, weird makeup of, of people that even work at gun stores. Like not everybody is the same two way that like if you go to, other places like Johnson city, like with Johnny and all those people, like it's a different breed of two way. Oh yeah. Like, definitely more like absolutist for sure. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been, it's been a huge blessing getting to meet people like you and other people. So um, yeah, I don't, as far as like other questions, I, I mean, I know you had a background of, of being a police officer and I, I've heard you tell this story a few times of like how you got into becoming a police officer um, do you mind sharing that? Because I always think every time you, I hear that story, I always think it's pretty interesting, like how you ended up getting into like the police academy and all that. Yeah. All right. So we're going back. I'm 47 now. Um, we're going back a long time, man. I grew up really, really, really rough. Um, my dad was in federal prison. Um, my mom was a single mom trying to raise two kids, worked, you know, nighttime job where I had to, I was forced to be my younger brother's dad, brother and caretaker. Uh, grew up in a housing project in and around it and uh, got to see some things that people should never see at, at ages that we saw them things in. And uh, I realized that, you know, these people who were falling victim to predators in, in the uh, in the project were if they were able to defend themselves, things would be different. Um, and my family, uh, my 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 mother and her, you know, my aunts and uncle, they kind of were well, not kind of they were an, uh, an anti-gun family. My my grandfather and my uncle, they were pro-gun. They used to go hunting all the time. And, and my uncle taught me how to shoot at a young age with a BB gun. But my mother was adamant, no guns, you know, and I live in Massachusetts. So that should say, that tells you everything you need to know. Mm -hmm. um, but then I, because of what I experienced, I, I was, I kind of wanted to be that person who would never, who could help a kid never have to experience things that I, I did, you know, to try to be somebody to maybe change, change that lineage uh, of people like, like me, right? So I wanted to be a cop. I knew at like age 10, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to help people out and I wanted to protect people who couldn't protect themselves or who state told them they couldn't protect themselves. Um, and I got in the police academy, like literally as soon as I was eligible uh, legally to do it by age, uh, I got hired and uh, started to see things in a different light. So we grew up Democrat, um, Massachusetts, you know, I our, my family, my mom, very liberal compared to me. Uh, and uh, I got to see a different side of life. I got to see, you know, how things really are and how crime affects people and how decisions made by politicians affect the way laws are enforced or the way people are either held accountable or not held accountable or criminals go out and reoffend constantly and never held accountable and uh, changed. It really forged my view on, on, people's individual rights to specifically to keep and bear arms, to protect themselves. And I tried to be a very early advocate for people to get a, uh, get a gun and protect themselves. If I was on 
domestic scenes or scenes where people were, were, you know, brutalized and victimized. I always ask like, you know, what are you doing to help protect yourself? Can I help you? You know, can I teach you stuff at the range and stuff like that? And it just kind of flourished from there. And then, you know, years and years go by and I became a, a sergeant and, uh, Part of my onboarding, I took over the training. Part of my onboarding process for all new officers was literally what you see behind me in every video. I, I have the uh, Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, and the Bill of Rights. Uh, it's these are the ones that were in my office. And I would take every new person we hired into my office, and I'd point out a different paragraph or section or article and say, "Read that, and tell me what it says in your own words, and tell me why you're here." Uh, and you know, most people who get on law enforcement, they their whole they go back to, I want to help people. And I would say, mm -hmm. you know, BS, tell me why you're here, you know, cause it's different for every person. And and that's try to what I kind of what I wanted to instill in the next generation is like, this is what it's all about. And we're here to protect that and to enforce that, not to stomp on that. And uh, you know, there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of people out there on the job that aren't like that, but one is too many. Uh, and I wanted to, I wanted to try to change that as well. So, um, you know, I never served, uh, a red flag law. In fact, I told my chief I would never do it, <laughs> which caught, was an interesting conversation, but I, I never did anything. I'm sure also in Massachusetts, it's an interesting conversation to be like, yeah, I'm never going to do that. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, you know, but, but to me it was, it's a job. It was always a job. It was never my life. Like, cause there are more important things than, you know, working a shift. Um, for me, it was it, my rights and, 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 doing what I'm doing now is what I've always done. I just, now I just do it on YouTube. I, I want people to understand our rights are our rights and I don't care what people's feelings are. We all have rights. And, uh, that was something I tried to always do. And, you know, I did, uh, 20, I started in 1997 and I retired last spring. So quite a, quite a long period of time journey. Yeah. Cause even when I met you, you were still technically working law enforcement. I mean, I've known you what, three years now, three, three, three yeah, three, a little, something like that. I don't, dude. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> three years, it doesn't even seem like that at all. But I, I think you were still working. I think you had just gotten hurt with your back. Yeah. You, were, you had just kind of got put on medical and you were dealing with all that. And that was, I, I think the whole time I've known you, you were dealing with that, dealing with it until this year. Yeah, um, it was tough. I think when I went, when I finally got cleared, because I had to get cleared by a doctor to go to Texas, because that's a long ride for somebody with a jacked up back. And uh, I think that was the first thing I did after the injury was, was being able to go to the Gundy's. Oh yeah, that's right. Cause I remember you were really, when we got in the tank, you were really hesitant. Cause that, that even jacked me up. Like my back, is, I mean, my back's not perfect, but it's definitely not like yours, like fused and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, I was bedridden for a couple of days when we got back home. Yeah. That was, that was <laughs> interesting. yeah. I, I did. I only did that first year. I only rode the tank that first year. I didn't do it this last one. I probably won't do it, do it again this year. That's so, so yeah. <laughs> so actually quick caveat. So you're up again for top four, correct? It's With you. Categories. Yeah. Two, are you in two categories or one? I think I'm only, I don't know. They, they haven't released them all. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm in two categories. I know I'm a final four, uh, final four person in the uh, top two A voices with yourself. Um, Hold on. I don't think they, Hold on. we got to hit them with it. Yeah, you want, there you go. Look at that. So I won last year, top two A voices. And then you won. What did you, you won breakout, right? Cause they didn't, yeah, have they, didn't they didn't have a top two A voices. Cause at the time it was like, me and then yeah. you um so they didn't have four <laughs> there, was, there were two people we were just yeah. alternated <laughs> so my category yeah, was top uh i was actually i'm looking at a breakout creator of the year yeah and you then beat last Autumn. year you beat Autumn. yeah you beat yeah the people were so up. mad at me <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you beat out that poor little girl in the cowboy hat 
<laughs> love you autumn if you're watching yeah. <laughs> yeah interesting it's it's kind of it's also weird to like be in be nominated for awards and stuff like that like i'm i'm sure when you started and i when i started to never would have thought like any any of the stuff so no and the cool part about it is like i'm not in i'm not i'm not in it for the awards really no. i'm not um it's it's humbling it's an honor because the we're you know we're voted on by people who watch us and if they they like what we do and support what we do that much that they're willing to go back and vote you know for yeah. us multiple times I and mean, that says a lot and it's very humbling yeah to be willing it's it's and it's also like i don't know i, I we've talked about this but i i guess for the audience i think it'll be interesting like um, and it, it resonated with me when you were talking about like when I first started, I was so California centric and that was the community I wanted to serve. And what's happened over time with the channel is like, I've expanded out to national stuff, national legislation, national lawsuits, lawsuits in Oregon, Washington, New York, New Jersey, Rhode Island, Illinois. And it, it really is like this really humbling yet intense responsibility. Cause I'm sure you get this all the time. Like every single day when I pull up my email, there are there are viewers who are emailing me like, hey, we really need you to talk about X Y Z piece of legislation here. We need you to talk about this lawsuit. We need, and I, I guess maybe you can speak on that a little bit. Like, what are your feelings? Because I know for me, it's it's very humbling, but it's also a very daunting task. To be like to have yeah. to be that voice that people rely on. Because I, I again, I'm just I feel like I'm just a guy talking to the camera in my spare bedroom. Like, yeah, it, it, I mean, it's an honor uh, that people trust us enough to say, hey, uh, Anthony, this is what's going on in our state. Please help us. You know, it's honoring. It's 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 humbling, but it's also disappointing for me because I can't I can't get to all of it. Yeah, I really can't. That's why I love that there's more channels like yourself yeah. that have come along because it's impossible for one or two people to do because there's so there's so many things that these politicians at multiple levels want to do to, to restrict our right to keep and bear arms. So, and it's tough sometimes where I got to make that decision. Like I, I want to help, you know, whatever, you know, yeah. I want to talk about town. happening. Yeah. In Rhode Island, yeah. but this but national same... thing hit that more people are, are asking about. So I got to cover this national thing versus yeah, Rhode Island. It's... Not, to, not to like step on Rhode Island or anything like say anything about Rhode Island, but sometimes you have to make that evaluation of, what are the people most interested in or ask me the most about? Right. And so what I try to do now um, as the channel continues to grow is uh, I, if it's something that I know I can't get to, I will try to at least put it on my social media. Like I'll, yeah. I'll put it out on my Twitter or my Facebook. Cause that's still several hundred thousand people who get to see that, you know, and then ask them to re you know, resubmit it, retweet it, you know, uh, forward and stuff like that. So we can still get it out. Um, but yeah, it's, it's extremely humbling. It's, I think, I do. If you, like I said, if you told me that people would be emailing me all across the country with information, um, again, I would have said you were nuts, but it's here we are. And uh, I wouldn't trade this for anything else. Yeah. It, it's, it's very humbling. I can see yeah, for, I can speak for both of us. I know it's very humbling. It's a huge responsibility. We don't take it lightly at all. We try our best. Like you put out sometimes three, four, like, especially when stuff is moving, you're putting out like three or four videos a day. I don't do that. I'm like one video a day type of person. Um, but even for you, like sometimes when you're putting out three or four videos, you, you can't catch it all. And no. sometimes like I rely on like, Hey, I'm going to cover this. And I know Jared and, and Braden and, you know, Will and, um, Mike from guns and gear, like everybody's covering this thing over here. So I'm going to leave that to them. I'm going to cover this. I'll take this one, you know, and refer people over to these other videos, which I try to do the best I can, but yeah, it's, 
it's it's daunting sometimes for sure. Yeah, oh, yeah. Maybe we should team up more and figure out who's covering <laughs> what. <laughs> yeah, a better way. Yeah, <laughs> group. Yeah, we need a, a more comprehensive group chat. Okay, who's covering this? Like, yeah. <laughs> want to take this? <laughs> you get you get the northeast. <laughs> like, I'll take the northwest. <laughs> yeah, it's uh. We'll have our own. But then, I think that's also the cool thing is like the community, like meeting a lot of these guys, and I'm, very rarely have I ran into someone who doesn't have the same mindset that we do and, and doesn't have the same passion that we do. Um, everybody does it different. Like, you know, Brandon Herrera does supports the two way and pushes the two way in a different way than we do. Like, you know, his value is bringing in newer, younger people, getting them interested in firearms. And then as they not necessarily mature, but as they get more interested in the topic, then they start moving towards two way based stuff like us, like legislation cases, whatever, but you still first have to get them in the door Right. get them interested in firearms, especially if they don't have someone in their household who's doing that. You know, YouTube is an amazing mechanism to get people interested in firearms that we just recently have kind of sprung up. Like, yeah, you've been doing it for 10 years, but it's still technically in its infancy. Oh yeah. Yeah. And the cool part is, is like when like uh, Brandon or Grantham, they get those, those newer viewers in realizing, Hey, I actually might like shooting and stuff like that. And then, they don't come to our side of the coin until they say, what do you mean I can't buy that in my state? Yeah. And that's yeah. when they figure out who we are. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean they want to ban this new thing that I watched Grantham do a review of and I bought and now all of a sudden they're going to try to take it away from me and not compensate me for it. Right. <laughs> Maybe you mean I can't shoot 11 rounds. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Or, or even worse, like right now, like, what do you mean Grantham can't shoot 30 rounds on his channel anymore? Like what's going on with that? Yeah, um which is a whole debacle within itself. Uh, we don't have to get into that in here, but uh, yeah, I guess uh, maybe just to close this out, maybe we'll give someone them a little bit more something substantial to chew on. So let's talk a little bit about the ATF stuff, the pistol sure. trace rule, because that's the hottest hot topic right now. I know you've covered extensively. I've covered extensively pretty much every channel, every gear review channel, almost everybody's covering it. Um, Maybe do you want to do this? You can do the synopsis because I, you're, you're my guest. I'll make you do the synopsis. Well, I think we'll work together on this because it, it's there's so many there's so many oh, working yeah. gears to this that for me to say every one of them would be magic on one take. Oh yeah, with the 263 clarification uh, yeah. of the definition, it's, it's insane. The, the, I guess the we'll we'll do the 30,000 foot view first. Yeah, guys are coming after your guns. Uh, if you have a pistol-braced AR or AK-style uh, firearm, a pistol that you've been able to own and operate legally for over a decade with the grace and acknowledgement of the ATF, they, uh, when uh, Joe Biden sat in the Rose Garden on April 8th of 2021 and said he wanted to have his ATF make those illegal and put those under the NFA, well, here we are. Mm -hmm. That is exactly what's happening. Uh, effective January 31st of 2023, not sure of when you're going to watch or listen to this, uh, that was day one of this rule. We have 120 days, if we so choose to comply with this tyranny, to utilize the uh, open period to uh, not pay for a uh, tax stamp. So you have 120 days to file your e-form or your paper form one and, uh, you know, register your SBR with the government. Yeah. And Technically for those your, your SBR. So I, one of the, and like I said, we'll, we'll, We'll try not to get too, too in the weeds because sometimes I know people's eyes glaze over. But one of the interesting things that we saw through this clarification, the 263 page clarification, which I know you read and I've read multiple times now and it's absolute garbage. But 
you know, one of the things that they, the ATF has said is that these AR pistols, these AK pistols are SBRs and they have always been SBRs despite their prior guidance letters multiple times to SB Tactical and a bunch of other companies. They played this weird game with talking about their clarification letters where these clarification letters were clarifying or these prior letters were clarifying some various aspects, but they weren't actually considering whether or not these items were SBRs. Right. But now finally come 2023, when they're publishing this, now they're finally addressing the totality that these are in fact SBRs and have always been SBRs despite what they said. And oh yeah, through the final rule, they're also revoking all the, that prior guidance. So just forget what they've said, Right. forget the guidance that they've said, they're saying that what they said anyways wasn't a complete approach or a complete review of the topic. Disregard all of that. These are, in fact, SBRs. They've always been SBRs, and you must register them so that they can fall under the NFA's restrictions. Right, even though one of the letters that they are trying to skirt away from was their response to a police sergeant who asked them specifically, if somebody takes yeah. these AR pistols and shoulders it, is it now an SBR? Yeah. And they said, nope, it doesn't yeah. change the fact that it's an AR pistol. And the ATF has said on numerous times, numerous occasions, we do not and cannot regulate accessories. Yet yeah. here they are doing just that. Yeah, well, it's, uh, that's a whole rabbit hole weekend. There are so there are so many things wrong with this this final rule. One of the things I actually, maybe we'll go back to that, but one of the things that rang in my head when you were, when you were giving your um, overview of what the ATF is doing is when President Biden came out and said that he was going to regulate pistol braces. And I don't know about you, but I remember at the time, I, I'm pretty sure I put out a video covering that. And I remember seeing a lot of comments being like, eh, just, you know, same political theater. It's not going to happen. It's yeah. not going to happen. The ATF has said that pistol braces or AR pistols or AK pistols with braces on them are not SBRs, that it doesn't matter if you shoulder it. They said you just try not to shoulder it essentially, but they're not going to do it. Biden's just trying to win political points. Yeah. Come to yeah. where we're at now. And we see that. I don't know. Did you see the same thing? Um, Cause I know I struggle a lot when I put up sometimes again, we have that calculus of the president said this, or this politician said this, do we want to cover that? Right. And when it came to the president with that one, I remember saying, yeah, I'll, I'll cover it because it is important because what we saw with like the bump stock stuff. And then there was also rumblings about the frame receiver stuff. I was like, this is something that they probably can and will try to do. Yeah. Um, and specifically the bump stock and the way it was done administratively and not through Congress, that opened a whole new door, which is the, the room we're living in right now. Yeah. Uh, and when that happened, I knew this is a whole new world we're going to have to fight. Um, and and taken to a fact when it was still president elect Biden, he met with then acting director of the ATF, uh, Regina Lombardo. Mm -hmm. And he said, what should, what would I, if you were me, what would you do to try to rein in gun violence? What should we focus on? Yeah. Yeah. And he, she told him the easiest things for you is frames and receivers and the pistol braces. And what, what's the first thing he had his ATF do? frame receiver redefining and now we're redefining rifle um and the atf doj doesn't have the legal lawful constitutional ability to do that but here we are fighting it in court yeah and i, I know you did the same thing with the whole bump stock debacle and we've talked about those cases i was screaming from the roof like it's not going to be isolated to bump stocks i know there's a lot of people who who said nah, i don't care about bump stocks like yeah. i don't use them they're stupid anyways it's like yes I understand that maybe the accessory is not, you know, doesn't apply to you. 
But what we're doing is we're setting up a legal framework that the ATF or other agencies can then exploit down the road to then impact things you actually do care about. First, they started bump stocks. Then they moved to frames and receivers or those scary ghost guns. Right. Um, and then now they're talking about, now they're doing the air, the pistols, pistol braces. And yeah, what's and, next? You know, Well, they, that's what I was about to say. The next thing that's yeah. coming down the line that I, I'm willing to put a bet on, you've heard it a few times now, assault style pistol. Yep. So now we have assault pistols, like handguns. Now, now yep. that's the next thing, you know, and, and there's been talk, you know, first we'll restrict them down to 10 rounds, then we'll go down to five rounds or six rounds. That's on the table in some states. They've already tried to implement that mm -hmm. stuff. So they're not going to stop, folks. They're never going to stop. There's an agenda they're after, and they can't carry it out if the American populace is still armed. So when Anthony tells you it's time to, to take action, make a couple phone calls, maybe send an email, our lives are busy. I'll give you that. But it takes you about five minutes to do the things that he asked you to do. We might say, hey, call this number and say to this legislator, I don't support this because X, Y, and Z. Do that. Uh, it doesn't take long, but when we have 30, 40, 50,000, 100,000 people make phone calls, it absolutely does have an effect. I've talked to numerous legislators, numerous politicians, and they've all said that when, when our office gets hammered, we realize we have to do something. You know, not all politicians are going to be that. You can't call Dianne Feinstein and change her heart. But you know what? Yeah. Call her anyway, because silence is acceptance. If they don't hear anything from their people, they think they're doing the right thing. If anything, just force them to send out those generic letters. <laughs> like, oh, I collect make them, them work. Make them <laughs> earn their money. Like, you know, if they're, they're going to try to violate our rights, make them work for it. Like, right. <laughs> do it. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm. it's it's interesting. Like, I've, I've, I struggle with that a lot as far as like... It, a lot of people ask me, especially because I, when I do California specific videos, people are, why would I contact this representative? Why would I do X, Y, and Z? And there was a time period where maybe I understand that I understood that argument a little bit more. I, 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 you still need to be active, but right now we are, we have a lot of momentum. And even in California, if you would have asked me when I first started my channel and they were, were to introduce a gun control bill, like last year, they tried the CCW stuff. They've reintroduced it this year. Last year, we stopped it by one vote because of it had the urgency clause. Right. But even before that, any other year, even with an urgency clause, I would have expected it to pass. I know a lot of I expected it to pass. I know Me a lot too. of people expected it to pass. It didn't even matter. They have a super majority. California has rubber stamped every piece of gun legislation that's gun control legislation that's hit anyone's desk. So even that was a bright point. And when I was telling people, contact your representatives, call them, email them, let them know. A lot of them just don't, they don't know or they don't care until you make them care, like you said, until you flood their inboxes and their their mail and their phone and all that. Yeah, the way that works is like uh, they don't, they'll co-sponsor a bill because, hey, I did you a solid on your bill. I need a co-sponsor. That's how it works. Most time they don't read all of the bills because it's just a chess game for them. Um, and that's why I say when you call them, give them the bill number and then tell them what it is because they probably don't know. So it's our job to educate them on this. Yeah. And actually on that point, I, I wanted to mention for my audience that's listening, I would highly recommend, yeah, I think it's on your channel. Go to Jared's channel. He did a talk at the USCCA Expo. Was, did you do that live? Did it go to your channel? I'd have to check, dude. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I put it up though. Somewhere. I'm pretty sure it was on your YouTube channel or, some, or maybe USCCA's, but he did a talk at the USCCA Expo 
about contacting your representatives and it was phenomenal. I was there in audience listening. It was great. If you have any questions about how do you do that, what's the best strategy, resources for that to find out who your representatives are, you know, at the national level or the state level, you know, how to write a letter, how to write an email. He covered all that in that discussion. So I'll, I'll try to find it and link it in the detail section of this as well. Cause I think that was a great resource and you had, a, you actually in that had a ton of resources that they could utilize to do that. Thanks um, man. So yeah, it's, it's easier. It's the important thing to, you know, for the folks listening is it's easier than you think it can be very intimidating. I remember the first time I started calling politicians because of this channel and I used to shake when I was on the phone and get all broken up. Uh, you know, your voice has inflections. It's, it's easy. It's just like you're talking to your employer and you don't have to really worry too much because you're not going to talk. It's very rare that you'll actually talk to a representative, especially on the federal level. You're going to talk to an aide whose job is to answer the phone and to take notes, you know, and they, they're not the ones passing the bill. So, or, or even proposing it. So don't scream and holler at them. They're just a kid trying to be a, a good intern. Uh, so it's really easy to do. They work for you. You are their employer. You're their supervisor. It's just like you're talking to a kid who did something wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll, I'll try to find that and link it in the detail section. I know we went off on a little bit of a tangent with the ATF stuff and I know we've, we've covered it extensively on both of our channels. So I know if people want the resources or the breakdown of what the ATF rule does, they can find that on either one of ours. Uh, I guess the next phase of this really, as far as the ATF is the lawsuits and, and no, you've covered it on your channel as I'm, we're recording this, a video will go up soon on my channel covering it, but we've seen, multiple lawsuits i mean the second that was published that day i think we saw three um yeah we had yeah, one from like, the firearms policy coalition that's been in effect for a year and a half that they stayed because yeah. they needed the rule to be pushed out yeah the saf uh, one yeah yeah uh the uh, i'm sorry yes yeah, saf was the first one and then uh, fbc there was three three files on day one of the rule of yeah, it was uh, and then a couple individuals right there was two lawsuits from from various individual groups, I think. Yeah. And then uh, yesterday, as we're recording this, we had Gun Owners of America in Texas filed mm -hmm. along with uh, some other our parties. And then uh, 25 states joined with FRAC, which is the Firearms Regulatory Accountability Coalition. Council. Coalition. Yeah. Coalition. I always Coalition, screw it up. Yeah. I always uh, mess that one up. Yeah. <laughs> and that one, Alex Bosco is heavily involved in SB Tactical. He's the inventor of the pistol brace. So he, you know, his lawyers and his groups got 25 states to join up, as well as uh, B&T um, and a Wounded Warrior. So there's some phenomenal lawsuits. Yeah. Uh, if you geek out like Anthony and I and you actually read all of the lawsuit, you actually yeah. see the weaknesses or the perceived weaknesses in the rule and which way they're going to attack it. And uh, I... <laughs> I don't see how we don't get this rule stopped, especially filing in Texas on some of them. Yeah. It's always interesting to see the, the beats. Like sometimes you'll see similarities. Like of course, a lot of the, a lot of the cases are challenging the APA. They're challenging um, of course, second amendment grounds with Bruin. And, you know, you're seeing a lot of that as well. Um, I think with, with the frack one, they also even brought in Catano and like common use arguments, which was <laughs> interesting a lot of times they'll cover the same general topic, but they'll attack it in a little bit different nuance. Like as far as the APA, I know with the, um, well, it wasn't specifically on the pistol brace, but a new interesting like way I saw was when, but I think it was SAF and the um, Vanderstock frames and receivers lawsuit. They started to say that the ATF doubly erred with the frames and receivers because once the Supreme court dropped the Bruin decision in at the end of July, um, and it was June or, or June, July, 
and then the frames of receivers hit rule hit in August under the APA. Well, first under second amendment grounds, you didn't take into account Bruin right. at all. Um, you didn't really do a constitutional analysis at all based on the second amendment, but it also violated the APA to not do that test because under the APA, they say that you're supposed to take into account all data and all indicators. And part of that data and evidence and indicators would as well be Supreme court decisions that just happened a couple months before you issued right. the rule, which they didn't do. So it was inter it was an interesting blending of like a second amendment argument, as well as APA procedural stuff blended into one argument. So it's always kind of interesting. And that's the stuff I nerd about. Like it's always interesting to see these weird, um, nuanced arguments because of course every lawsuit you want it to be a little bit different you don't want to be just duplicating the same type of arguments but right. it also gives you a better chance of of getting this ultimately struck down and you put it in different jurisdictions yes there's strategic decision into bringing into texas because of the cargill bump stock decision that just hit but then you have frack in the 25 states filing in north dakota correct it was, i believe it was north dakota uh, yes. Yeah, it was North Dakota. Yeah. Um, as well, you know, a friendly, you're probably gonna get a friendly federal district court judge in North Dakota. So you, you're do you're doing different jurisdictions, different venues, a little bit of different arguments, but ultimately with the same goal, which is right now, at least to try to get a TRO or a preliminary injunction before the 120 days. And I know that's pretty much what all those attorneys and everybody's gearing up to try to get. One thing I did like about the two that were filed yesterday and reading those uh, was that they're really exploiting the vagueness of the ATF mm -hmm. and the rule. And I mean, as you know, the due process clause, if it's if it's too vague, then it's unconstitutional yeah. because it's impossible to follow it. I took place in a live training seminar with the ATF that was for FFLs. And I am not an FFL, but I was in the room. Um, <laughs> and they, there was a Q&A session after that. And leading into the Q&A, they said, you know, if you just take a, take the pistol brace off and it's an AR pistol, you're, you should be good should be good to go because, you know, the buffer tube is part of the cycling, the operation mm -hmm. of the firearm. And that will not be used as far as calculating, is it, you know, rearward surface area yeah. suitable for shouldering. But if you read the rule, it doesn't say that in there. Yeah. This is just an agent's opinion. Because if it's not in there, then they can actually utilize that section because it is suitable for shoulder anything. I can I can shoulder this Gundy Award. Um, yeah. It's so vague that it's impossible to figure out what you're going to do or how to how to follow the law. So there's a lot of good ways that this uh, rule has been attacked in the uh, in the legal realm, and uh, I can't wait for the first uh, hearing to be held because I'm going to be uh, focused in on that pretty good. Yeah, I'm. Off the top of my head, I also think one of, I think I saw yesterday, one of the original ones that was filed in Texas by the individual plaintiffs, I think the judge already had set a, a hearing on something. I think it was like March 25th, um, maybe it was a TRO hearing or preliminary injunction hearing. Yeah. So I think that one is going to move fairly fast. That was, that's not my favorite one. My favorite ones are actually the recent ones that got filed from FRAC and GOA. Uh, GOA is a little bit more comprehensive in their arguments, which I appreciate. I, I really like with the initial complaint when you're really flushing out all of your arguments. Frack is a little bit more generalized. Like you said, like, oh, you know, this violates due process. This violates, um, you know, it's, it's overly vague. This violates the APA because you muddied the procedure because you had this worksheet, $49.99, that you put forward in the proposed rule. We all commented on, and then you just completely scrapped came up with a completely new process 
in violation didn't get any comments on it. Yeah, <laughs> didn't come with any comments, didn't allow any comments on it at all. And now you're you're publishing it as a final rule, which you're not supposed to do under the APA, um, right. which was which was a good argument, in my opinion, from Frack. I think it's a strong argument, um, especially since we've seen the Fifth Circuit not like that type of stuff and is willing to the fifth this frack isn't in the fifth circuit but you've seen federal courts on bond courts multiple judges being willing to strike it down because it violates the apa or the right. frames and receivers because it violates apa and again frames and receivers followed the same procedure pretty much that this pistol brace world one did and the bump stock it all just kind of dominoed and we really need to stop this because like you said we don't know what's next is it going to well, be magazines that's like, because they're following the marching orders. So Biden yeah. said, I can't get it done in Congress. So DOJ, you figure it out. Yeah. And Garland, who is still has a hair across his booty because he's not a Supreme Court justice, says to the ATF, get it done. And this is how they're trying to get it done. And I'm, I'm just glad we have groups that are on top of their game and willing to you know, put forth the time, effort and money to file these lawsuits. And I always say in my video, support those who support you. Pick and choose whatever group you want to support support them because yeah. they're all nonprofits. They, they operate off of donations and membership. Uh, so we all want them to sue. We all have to support them to do it as well. Yeah. And I know I give, I give organizations tons of promotion on my channel for free. I get nothing from it. You do the same. You, usually if you hear us talking about an organization filing something, that means we like what they're doing. Right. GOA love what they do. You work closely with them. I've, I've worked with them. I do little stuff here and there as far as just like, talking to them i don't actually do any legal work for them um so don't get that twisted anybody who's <laughs> watching this uh but goa like is amazing frack is amazing i really like saf saf has an amazing new group of people that i have worked with like adam kraut lauren hill they are all over at saf now doing great stuff filing great stuff there i trust them they do amazing things um fbc does great things um state orgs like my state org crpa it's right. a state affiliate of the NRA. Whatever feelings you have about the NRA, a lot of times their state org orgs are really amazing, especially in restrictive states like California and New York, because the New York State Rifle and Pistol Association is the state affiliate of the NRA right. that led to the Bruin decision. So there are amazing state orgs. There are amazing national orgs. Take it from an attorney who's worked for one of the national orgs. We need the money because we are fighting these federal government agencies, these state government agencies who have unlimited funds. They don't care. They're going to try to drag this stuff out as long as possible. And the last thing you want when we're fighting these legal cases is us worrying about like, hey, do we actually even have enough money to fight this monolith government who's going to try to drag this out? Because sometimes right. it's sad, but during discussions, that becomes part of the analysis of like, are we going to litigate this specific one here or do we want to save the funds and fight this battle over here? Because this one might get dragged out really, really bad over here in this state or this federal court case here. Maybe we should go over here. Maybe this is an easier path for a victory over here. It's same similar yeah. stuff like we have to do with the videos, but it's not a calculus that you really want the organizations that are fighting for your rights to have to make. You know, right. I, I've been on those conversations with groups and I, I won't yeah. tell you who they were, but I lived in Massachusetts and we, I wanted to, to go hard on a, a subject that was happening here. And that conversation came up. Hey, we know that your attorney general is going to fight it all the way to the Supreme Court. And right now we could take that same argument in this state and it's not going to go that far. So that's probably where we're going to go. And, you know, nobody wants to hear that. Right. You're heartbroken. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. 
it's 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 a tactical decision sometimes. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate that that's the way it has to be sometimes. But again, we are fighting someone oftentimes. I mean, who does have unlimited funds? They're going to use your taxpayer dollars to violate your rights. But we can change that. Donate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Donate. So I think that's good. I think we'll leave it at that. I'm sure I'm going to have you on multiple other times. But yeah, appreciate everybody who's watching, listening. Jared, I really appreciate you coming on and having this impromptu discussion. For everybody listening, I literally just text him like, hey, do you want like 30 <laughs> minutes before we record? Hey, do you want to have, <laughs> do you want to jump on the podcast? He's like, yeah, absolutely. So my uh, honor. thank you, Jared, for your honor. time, man. Thank you. Anytime, brother. It's my honor. All right, guys. So I will leave. Uh, you should already be subscribed to Jared's channel. But if you're not, the channel's name is Guns and Gadgets. He does cover guns. There's not a whole lot of gadgets. <laughs> not anymore. Not anymore. Sometimes you monetized. Is. Sometimes there are, but uh, that's just an inside joke. We make fun. no guns or gadgets. But uh, subscribe to his channel. I will also leave a link in the detail section of the the audio form and then the YouTube channel as well. Over to him. Subscribe to his channel. Watch his stuff. I highly recommend it. It's one of the channels I've been watching before I even did YouTube. So can't recommend it enough and he's a good friend of the channel and supports what we're doing here over on the podcast and over on the main channel so all right everybody appreciate it uh next podcast will probably be the following monday i don't know what we're gonna cover but i'll let you know thank you guys